River Church this morning in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Thank you for tuning in. If you're on broadcast, we are ministering today on a series in a series on qualified. I'm qualified to receive it all now. I'm qualified to receive it all now. Let's all say it together. I'm qualified to receive it all now. Now, you don't know perhaps what a faith statement that is because we're all trying to qualify. We're all, before you're born again, you're trying to qualify to get born again. You're just like, well, I need to be better. I need to get rid of this. And before you accept a calling or an appointment or a, uh, something in the, in the spirit, we all say, you know, I need to tighten up. So the Lord will say, hey, that's a good boy. That's, that's someone I can use. When he just says, I've called you from the foundation of the world, whether you tighten up or not, we're going to giddy up and we're going to do what I've called you to do and equipped you to do and put you in a place where you can do it. Yeah, you messed up. Yeah, you, you, met, you, you did the fool around, but that doesn't matter. Doing the mess around doesn't bother the Holy Ghost, y'all. Now, if it takes you out, he does, but he, he, the Lord is, sin is not on the Lord's mind. He thinks he dominated sin. He thinks that he solved the sin problem. And that's most, the focus of most Christians is, I've messed up, I fell short. And then you always inexorably set a standard that you can never say, I got it, I nailed it. There's always something you can find. I could have prayed more, I should have been nicer. I'm always thinking I should have been nicer. <laughs> oh my Lord, help me Jesus. Would you, would, would you turn in your Bible to the book of Romans chapter 8? And I want to look at some challenging things. I, I'm not here to tell you don't sin. Dear Lord, you're born again. Holy Ghost is in you. I, what do you need a preacher for to tell you stuff like that? It's, it's, it's a form of self-righteousness that we think, well, if my preacher doesn't step on my toes, well, then I don't think I've been to church. Holy Spirit's going to step on all of our toes. But not because we did wrong. It's because we hadn't quit doing right. We hadn't fulfilled. There's more to do, and we want to stop and rest and take a few days off because we really, we really delivered. Romans chapter 8. And it's the, it's the little things. Now, family, let me tell you, it's the little things that are important. You, somebody will tell you, oh, I've, I've, I've been with God, and I've got deep revelation. Well, I've been with God, and I've got simple revelation. And I'll outrun you and go further every time. Because the deep revelation, you know, how, how, the mark of the beast and how many nations and what's the name of the Antichrist and all that. Oh, I got deep revelation. No, you don't. You, you, you need to ro know Romans 8.1. You need to know Romans 8.31. And that'll get you deep. Hallelujah. It says in chapter 8, I'm in the King James, in verse, uh, let's see where we are. Hallelujah. 28. For we know that all things work together for good to them who love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. How many of y'all know that's me? That's me. That's us. For whom, here's the reason, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. In other words, it was God's plan all along. That, why? That he might be the firstborn among many, many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. 
And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. Now here's where we're going, verse 31. What, we, what shall we then say to these things? Let's read this part together. If God be for us, who can be against us? Now let's put that in first person. If God be for me, who can be against me? Now that's deep revelation. If you'll walk, walk in that deep revelation that's just sitting there, not doing anything, not screaming for God so love the world or whatever, you know, this right here will set you on high. You'll whoop every devil and you'll get every promise and every blessing. If you, if you say, if God's for me, who can be against me? In other words, I win. Win every time. If God's for me, end of story. We don't have to count the enemy. We don't have to wonder if we got enough. If God be for me, we're done. And then he says, he that spared, this is a rationale. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. Here it is right here. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Now, that's the answer. You can say, well, God doesn't want to prosper us. He doesn't want to bless us. He whatever. He, we need to quit doing the mess around so God can bless us. He said that he's already given us freely, given us all things. Because after you get past giving the Lord Jesus, everything else is just little, little stuff. I wrote it down in the New Living. So you, you, let's listen to this. It's a little different. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son. Wow, now that's powerful. If we believe that and live by that, we got a bunch of stuff whooped. Why? So that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. Wow, this is deep. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. Who's got his glory? We do. When? When? Right now. When did he come? At the new birth. He gave us his glory. What shall we say about us, such wonderful things as these? If God be for us, who can ever be against us since he did not spare even his own son, his own son, but gave him up for us all? Won't he also give us everything else? Now, that's a, that's a winning scripture. You can, you can win. You can win with this. There's so many things you can win with, but this just settles every argument. This just takes care of every little, yeah, but. Right here we have it. If he got past the giving Jesus, what is a little funding and a little healing and a little winning and power over the devil? It's, uh, it's amazing. So what he's saying here, the rationale, and it is a rationale here in Romans 8. He's saying if God gave his... If he gave his son the best that he had, the best that he had, he gave the best that he had, then everything else is included. You, you don't buy a car in these days and, and say, wow, this thing is a, it's a machine. 
And the guy says, yeah, and we put air conditioning in it. Ah, walk away if it doesn't have air conditioning. And just because he's bragging on it, you might ought to walk away too. Because what else is missing that he's so proud of? How the, you know, you go out of these old tourist courts when you're on the road, like Route 66, and it'll say uh, air conditioned. <laughs> or it'll say free phones. You know, what we take for granted, maybe, maybe flush toilets, maybe, maybe that's in there too. So I wrote this down. If he gave what only he could give, if he gave what only he could give, he would give, he would give what is everywhere. If the Lord gave what only he could give, then certainly things that we can all handle. I mean, I can go get a car. I can go get an a, a iPad. I can go get groceries. If I can get those and he gave what only he could give, then he certainly gave us groceries and iPads and all that stuff. This is a great faith lesson right here. This, this just seals it. If you can get your faith around this little section of Romans 8, you should be soaring. We ought to be lighting the fuse and watching you take off because this is so powerful. So last week, or the week before, I should say, we said this. We said giving is consummated by receiving. In other words, it doesn't do any good. It's, it, it didn't happen if you give somebody something and they didn't receive it. If you leave it on their back step and they move to Michigan, it doesn't matter that you gave it. They didn't receive it. Or if they just reject it and you say, I want to bless you with this. Oh, no, I couldn't take that. I couldn't take that. So giving is only transacted when we receive. And we go, this is obvious. Come on, get to the good stuff. But this is the Christian problem is God's a better giver than we are receivers. And there's no transaction until we receive it. His giving is way beyond our receiving. And we go, well, God's pretty good. No, he's real good. It's our receiving that's not that good sometimes. But as soon as we up our receiving, there's a transaction that's heavenly. It's like, what else is there? Everything that could be received, he gave. Like, well, I don't know if he gave this, you know, until I do this or obey him in that or getting rid of this habit in my life. I don't know if, he'll, if I can have that. He gave it. He gave it. And he said, I would receive it. It'll sure help you along the way. So here's, here's what I want to minister on this morning. I want to get in your head, get in your heart, and say that receiving limits giving to the qualified. In other words, if you don't think you're qualified to receive, it doesn't matter what he gave. Because the, the pipe is little, it gets small when it's a flood coming out of the gates from heaven, but we choke it down to whatever we think we are qualified, personally qualified. And if you have any kind of sordid past, and that would be all of us. Yes. <laughs> well, I didn't do what they did. Ah, it's all the same. Rebellion is rebellion. Yeah, walking away from temptation is still sin. So uh, we have to change our jurisdiction. We have to put ourselves in the included, qualified to receive. Whatever's in your head, whatever is standing in your way of receiving 
and making God's jurisdiction. I only give to the good ones, Oral Roberts and Kenneth Hay. I only give to them people. That, that's, you're saying that's heaven's jurisdiction. I got all this piled up, and I'm going to give it to them that are this, that, and the other. But if you're a, you're a born-again drunk in the gutter, you're as entitled as Billy Graham. You go, well, how can that be? Because his jurisdiction is not based on our receiving, uh, based on his giving, but based on our receiving. He said, he, how will he not freely give us all things? Ah, I mean, you could get happy over this. You could say, I've been such a putz. I just, I just have limited God because I just thought. I just thought. And the thought that we all have had is I'm not qualified. Because if we saw ourselves like heaven sees us, we'd say, yeah, but I'm qualified. Now, I've done it before, and I'll just mention it this morning, but this thing that says grace gives you what you deserve is not true. That is not the truth. That's, that's not, don't say that, because we do deserve it. Now, how we deserve it is irrelevant. Were you so good? That Were you so righteous? Were you so self-promoted that you qualified? No, Jesus was my qualifier, but now I am qualified. Well, grace just gives you what you don't deserve. I do deserve it. I'm a son. Sons get it. Sons get everything father has. He's not handing it off to the soup kitchen. He's giving it to his sons. So don't say that. Well, grace just gives you what you don't deserve. There's no, not, there's no don't deserve in our lives. There's no don't deserve because it's not based on performance, is it? It's not based on what we do or don't do. You can have a son that goes to work and works 10 hours a day and brings home the check and gives part of it to his mama and he's a good son. Or you can have another son that sits on the couch eating Ron Ron's all day watching Jeopardy or whatever. You go, well, that's, that's a sorry son. Might be a sorry son, but he's still a son. And the courts and the lands and everything says, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if he's a good, good son to you, he's a son. And we're going we're gonna to jurisdict everything because of his relationship. So I, I, sometimes I haven't been a good son in the sense of my performance. But it's not on the list of qualified to receive performance. It's faith in who I am. It's faith in what Jesus did for me. And now there's no grace needed. There was grace to, for that to happen. But now the grace, grace is a gift. But grace is just to put you over there where you don't even think you can go. But grace has already happened. We have to appropriate grace so that we don't get into performance. Oh, I'm going to believe God, so I need to tighten up here. We have to tighten up for us. Because we're condemned. So if we get rid of that sin, it'll help us to receive. But it didn't change anything on God's side saying, well, finally, I'm going to give you a 90 on that report. And you're going to pass. And so you can have this. It's not, it's not third grade. <laughs> Amen. Where you got an A minus or you got a D minus. And can I do extra work to... To raise that D minus up to a C and so I can get out of this thing. 
It's, that's, how, that's all we know, but that's not. And our parents tell us that. You sorry little buzzard. You know, where was I? So we got to ask the question, if, I, if God freely gave us all things, and he did, where are they? We asked this question two weeks ago. Where are they? Where are the all things that he gave? Well, he gave them. Where are they? Ah, they must be somewhere that I haven't gotten to them. In other words, he's put them somewhere where I can get them, but I haven't unlocked the box. I don't know that I have a key to it. So, I didn't receive it. If he gave it and I don't have it, that just simply means not that God didn't give it, but that I didn't receive it. So we got to change our receiving. Because the word is true. Won't he freely give us all things? The word is true. He freely gave us all things, past tense, done, accomplished. It's, 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 present, per, per, it's present perfect tense. It's like he did and he's doing. So where is it? It's out there. Anytime I want it, it's, it's available. And sometimes people get desperate and they call on God. And they just go say, God, I know I don't qualify. I know I've been bad to the bone. But God, I'm asking you. And right there, they trip over. Out of desperation, they trip over and say, and they say bad things. I'll do this and I won't do that anymore. All that's garbage. That didn't move God at all. It can get, get you in trouble. It can keep you from receiving if you think you go over to the qualifying. So uh, if I don't have what he said I should have, then I didn't, listen, believe I received when I prayed. Isn't that what it says in, in Mark chapter 11? What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. Uh, it's a big promise. What things soever you desire when you pray? What things? What things? Well, he freely gave us all things. So he's saying what things you desire. It's, it's, it's like going into a grocery store. What things do you desire? It's all here. So I got to get, get my performance quotient removed. We got to do surgery. Well, it'll take 90% of your whole Christian life out if they remove your performance. Well, it's, it's, it's in the way of the 10% that says I deserve it, and it's got to go. So uh, when I say, or when you say, I, don't believe, I, didn't re I didn't believe I received when I prayed, what we're actually, let's boil it down. I said I didn't qualify. Because if I qualified, I'm on it. I'm calling things that be not as though they were. I believe I received my rent. I have it. Well, where's your rent? I have it. I have it. I received it. I have it. I, I need a new house. I need a new car. I, I, what things I desire when I pray, I believe I receive it. I qualify with my faith, not my performance, and I have it. So once you have it, once you believe you receive it, then you go around talking like, I got it. You can't have it and not have it. You can't say, yeah, but I, I don't have it. Or we can't, we can't say, this is, this is a terrible thing. I'm waiting on the manifestation. Yeah. 
Reality and faith are exactly the same. And any time they're different, we're saying, well, I, I, I received it, but I don't have it. Reality and faith are not the same. So you don't have it. And it's not coming. I'm waiting on the manifestation. No, you're not. Faith is that peculiar thing that has to possess it without affirmation from the senses. It's got to go, where is it? It doesn't matter. It's here. I have it. Well, if you have it, where is it? I, it doesn't matter. It, I have it in another realm, and that realm, the curtain will be pulled back, and you will see it, but I already have it. Is that right? That's, that's who we are. Sometimes we forget that, and that's why I get to get up in front of, Sunday, of you on Sunday and tell you stuff that you already know, because we need to have it repainted. You know, the wall is green, but it's a dirty green, so we got to repaint the wall. So uh, if I didn't believe I received when I prayed, it must be because I was condemned in some realm and thought that I didn't qualify. In other words, there's condemnation there that says there's a reason why I can't believe I receive when I pray, and it's because what, I've, what I'm condemned about it puts me on the other side. I, it's so bad or it's so grievous or whatever. I keep doing it. Maybe it's a little thing that you just can't shake. And so we say in our head, not in our, not in our mouth, but we say in our head, I got to tighten this thing up. The reason it hadn't come is because I've been bad. Now, if it came in 30 seconds, we would not be condemned. We'd measure it and see if it came. If it didn't come, we'd say, I need to have a do-over. But it's out there, and we don't know if we didn't believe we received when we prayed or if it's just working behind the scenes. So we judge it based on condemnation. And if you feel good today when you prayed and believed you received, what about tomorrow? What if you mess up tomorrow? What if you mess up tomorrow? Do you all know there's a mess up coming down the road? There, there's a mess up in your future. So if you're saying, if I can just get this thing in my life without messing up, I'm going to hold on. I'm going to hold on and be as good as I can until I get it. Then I'll, I'll let loose and go eat chocolate cake, the whole thing, the whole cake. I'm going to eat the whole thing. But right now, I'm no cake or whatever you do that's naughty. You're right there in Romans, looking in 8, look in verse 1. Let's read it together. I'm in the King James. Now, let's not read the part that's not in the original. I hope you have a line under it or around it or brackets or something. But anyway, let's read it together. Ready, read. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Stop. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of performance, sin and death. It's, it's a non-factor. Well, if you want to win the, the uh, relay in the Olympics, you've got to love green. you just got to love green. You've got to have green on you somewhere. We go, that's crazy. It's, that's this crazy. This is that crazy. It has nothing to do 
with anything. So, let's challenge condemnation. It's, 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 it's a temptation for all of us. It's when we want to do good, Paul says, we, we end up not doing it. And the thing that we don't want to do, doggone, there it is in our life. And we go, I've messed up. What follows that is important. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In other words, we believe that we confessed it out and it's as if it never came. It's as if I never sinned. He cleanses us in our soul from all unrighteousness. You're never unrighteous in your spirit. Never, 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 never. Ne sin can't touch your spirit. Cannot. We are sealed. Cannot. But we're, we feel condemned. That, the word there is cleanse us from all unrighteousness, is cleansed us from all condemnation. We come to a point, and what this means is you come to a point where you believe you receive cleansing. Otherwise, it just lingers and hangs around. If you don't deal with it, then you'll think about it. But once you deal with it and evict it out of your, out of your soul, you're done. You're like, the devil say, well, what about what you did yesterday? I'm clean. I'm clean. So you got to do that. You got to deal with it. If you don't, well, then you're going to be condemned. Because you can't hold out for everything you're wanting till you do something bad. <laughs> Amen. So I'm, I want to open the door to qualify to receive. There's more for me. There's more for you. There's more for us. And we get this thing that, God, that there's a timing. That God's just withholding till it's the right time. Until I get ready to receive it. God knows. I've heard this. You have. I, if God was to prosper me, he knows that it'd wreck me. I'd go to drink. I'd go to the gambling. I, he, that's why he doesn't prosper me. That's just not true. Seed time and harvest works. So we're receiving the promises with our faith, without condemnation. You've got to deal with sin. Jesus did, and you've got to deal with condemnation. The accuser of the brethren is always close to your ear. And if he can't get you on one thing, you should have prayed more. That's really a common one. Because you, you, can't, you, can't, you never can get to the end of it and say, well, I prayed enough. Uh, you could have prayed a little more. Am I right? Yes. So you, because you, he will bring that if nothing else works. You could have been kinder. You were a little snippy. You turned around without saying hello to that person. I mean, just he knows everything about that stuff. So let's go through the things that we believe we can do in our life to tighten up concerning qualifying. 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 We are qualified, but to self-qualify. We are qualified. But if you don't believe you're qualified, it doesn't matter how qualified you are. You won't receive, right? That's right. So, in, uh, so we said, we've done this once, but let's go over it again. The first thing you have to do if you want to stay qualified is you've got to believe God's word more than any feelings or traditions. You've got to believe the word. And we just, we just brought some things into the, in there that defy your feelings or traditions. Even that thing about grace, that's, that's a, a tradition. Well, if I just had grace, he could give me what I don't deserve. You do have grace. 
And he already gave us what we don't deserve, which is eternal life. Now we've got everything. So John 8, 32 says, you shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. So how free you want to be? Know the truth. So if in order to qualify, I've got to set the truth above all things. Above feelings, above experiences, above condemnation. I have to put truth above it. It says here that I'm cleansed from all unrighteousness. Therefore, I'm clean. It's as if I never did it. And if I ask God, what about that? Or I won't do that again here or say, here's a good one. Here I go again. I told you I wouldn't do it. Here I go again. Now, the heaven doesn't get that. That's in some sort of binary language that, that they, they don't interpret because he doesn't have this. Here I go again resource or, or whatever. If you if you repented of it, it's gone. You won't go to heaven. It won't be on the big screen in heaven. If you repent of it, it'll never be brought up again. People are really afraid of the big video in heaven. <laughs> it's not showing. He's showing what we did good. That he's a rewarder, not a condemner. He will not condemn in heaven, and he will not embarrass in heaven. But you just won't have as many rewards because you didn't deal with stuff that set you back, that you wouldn't receive. It, it condemned you so you wouldn't receive, and so you didn't have as much to get a reward with because you... You wouldn't cooperate. You wouldn't go in there and cleanse yourself. You didn't even want to go to God and say, God, I, I, want to, I got to admit this. Like he didn't know. Like it was a secret. Like, really? Where was I when that happened? No. So we don't want to go to God and say, I'm admitting. But that's exactly what you got to do. You got to tell it like you're under oath. And, or like he, he knows, because he does. You got to say, God, I, I thought this. I did this. I didn't do that. And it's against you, it's against me, it's against my calling, it's against my fa family, it's against... You just go through there and, and you, just dr you just drain out. You don't hold back and say, yeah, but I did it because they did it. That's a real non-cleanser. <laughs> Number two on qualifying, self-qualifying, is I must believe, I must except that I'm refathered from above. You got to know you're a child of God, you're a son of God, a true son. I'm a true son. I'm not one of those grafted in. I'm not one of those uh, adopted things. I'm not like a second class son. Uh, I'm not illegitimate. We said, and some people don't like it, but it's, it's an accurate term. We're not bastards. We came through the gate. We came through the door. For Jesus and we didn't climb over like John chapter 10 says we did not climb over we came in through the door Jesus is the door first John 3 1 says behold what manner of love the father has given unto us that we should be called the sons of God let's let's say it together I'm called the son of God now there's no gender in that so don't be saying what about us girls it's it's the word son is not talking about gender. It's talking about a class of creation or a people. It's not talking about... We're genderless in heaven. Gender is an earthly apparatus, just like marriage is. Marriage is an earthly attribute to help us in earth. But it does not go to heaven. We're all brothers and sisters in heaven. Which is good if you've been married seven or eight times. <laughs> 
Whew, that helps. <laughs> Romans 8, 29 says, For God knew in advance, new living, and he chose them to become like his son so that his son could become the firstborn, would be the firstborn among many brethren and sisters. So you got to believe you're, you're refathered from above. I'm a son in every right, every privilege, everything that's at the table. It's on my table. I am the real deal. I'm not second to, oh, well, Oral did it good. Oral just got born again, and Oral just served in his calling under the anointing. But if I serve him, serve the Lord in my calling better than Billy Graham did, my reward is better, even though he had a public calling. And you're just delivering food to the hungry and passing out tracts. And 1 John 4, 17 says that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. You got to know that. You got to believe that. I'm a son. And sometimes sons don't get it just right. We know that from natural sons. We would all like a do-over. It doesn't matter, though. We're sons. Number three, we're going to coast through this. Uh, I live without limits. Nothing is impossible for me. You got you to gotta go there. You want, you want to take the, the unqualifiers, the dequalifiers off, you got to believe. If heaven's got it, or even if heaven doesn't have it, and I need it, heaven will get it or create it for me. Now, you got to believe that, like a special order, Lord. What I need is not down here. I need a creative miracle. I need a new kidney or a new heart. And the doctor says, there's nothing we can do for you. Well, I need, a, I need a creation, new creation. I need my nerves. If you have, uh, what do you call that? Neuropathy. It's terrible. It's a terrible, it's a debilitating. Or if you have degeneration in the spine or the neck or, or in a joint, and they're, they're going, we can't do anything for that. That's, there's, we can't do that. Some things they can replace, but all they do is fuse your spine. They just go in there and put bolts in you and, and get you where you're not rubbing against your spinal cord. But the way that happens is nothing's moving. So nothing's moving because everything's together. Well, you need a new creative miracle. So to do that, you've got to believe. You've got to live without limits. And you go, well, there's not many people that I know of that have had a creative miracle. Be the only one. Be the first. Be beyond the limits. Now, if you want to live in the qualified realm, if you want to say, everything heaven's got is mine, and I'm going to live a life of receiving, you've got to get into the impossible where you just scoff at it. When they say, like, uh, Melissa was sharing. The doctor said, run the test again. That's impossible. That's what that, they're, they're all saying that. The world's all saying that. What you want is either very expensive medically or otherwise. And it won't help much. They'll tell you it won't help much. We'll fuse you all up. We'll give you a new leg or whatever, but it won't help much. It'll be painful. It'll be expensive. It'll be hard. You just got to say, this is no big deal for the one who made the big deal. 
So if you want to be qualified, you've got to say, he's doing impossible things. I, I, I have the impossible. I have no limits in my life. If I need it and I want it, I have it. You go, that's stretching. Well, we all need, we've got to be stretched. We've got to stretch from not receiving to receiving. Uh, we looked at this for Luke, Luke chapter 1, verse 37, where Mary said, uh, For with God nothing shall be impossible. Uh, be it done unto me according to your word. Well, she was fixing to conceive a spirit being. Holy Spirit was going to come upon her. And that's never been done. Well, unless you count Elizabeth. For with God nothing is ever impossible, and no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment, the Amplified says. You've got to read these scriptures. You've got to dig them out. I, how do I know these scriptures? I just dug them out. I have a Bible program, and I have a... Uh, uh, I find the verse, and it's there in the King James, and I go over here, and I go down the list. Here's the New Century Version, the New Living, here's the International, and I just click it, and it comes up over here in that translation, and I read it. That's what you've got to do if, you don't, if, if this is a problem, and it is a problem with all of us. We, we go up to the known and say, I, I can do that because Billy Bob did that. But how about if you don't know anybody that's got what you need? You've got to get over there and just meditate and meditate. The cotton patch says, God will see to it that every word of his will actually happen. What things you desire. What things soever you desire when you pray. What things, what things, what things you desire. That's, God, you need to narrow it down a little bit because people will be asking for impossible things. And you'll have to back it. And the fourth thing we don't have time for this, but we're going to stick it out there. Because I'm meditating these things. I'm just like, what is it that qualifies us in our head? What keeps us from qualifying in our head? And I believe that we don't determine, we don't exercise the name of Jesus properly. And I, so I wrote this down. The name of Jesus, listen, listen, is exactly as powerful as the person of Jesus. Now write that down in your Cliff's Notes. The name of Jesus is exactly as powerful as the person of Jesus. Well, if Jesus would just appear to me and tell me everything's going to be okay, then, then it would be okay. Uh, the name of Jesus is exactly the same. But you have to invest in that. Uh, we'll just say this one scripture just to back it. For Acts 3.16... And his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong. His name, through faith in his name. So there's the key right there. You want to be qualified? You want to put condemnation on the run? You just say, I've got the name of Jesus. And I have faith that when I speak what I need in the name of Jesus, it's the end of it. Now, here's, here's the book I gave to everybody. Now, if you don't have this, I will see if I have any more. But I gave, at one time, I gave this out to everybody in the church. Y'all still have it? It's way... You don't have one, Miss Madison? Well, we'll get you one. It's called The Wonderful Name of Jesus. And you go, well, you can't write about that very much. Well, 78 pages he wrote. 
The name, the wonderful name of Jesus. Now this will help you. It'll help you. Study on the name. Now what are we doing? We're conditioning our soul. We're renewing our mind to the truth that I am qualified for everything. Will he not with him freely give you all things? We're taking that freely give you all things and we're saying, we're possessing it. We're making, we're putting a title deed on it saying, that is me and that is mine. Well, who do you think you are? That's me. Well, you hadn't been that good. That's me. Freely give me all things. That's me. Isn't this wonderful? This just helps. I know this helps. It helps me. It helps you. It's helping anybody. We are all disqualified in our unrenewed part of our mind. So we've got to renew our mind. If I could just flick it out there and say, okay, boom, everything you think of is going to happen. Nope, you'll, you'll cut it off. We'll all cut it off. That's what's happened to things we believed we received when we prayed when we didn't, is that we let condemnation disqualify us. And so we let go before we saw it. We let go and we didn't follow it through because we're saying, well, I know why I'm not getting it. And right there, you're disqualified. I know why this isn't happening. I didn't really think it happened when I prayed, but he preached it, so I tried. No, that's it. So you got to say, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I did it every day, all the way. And, and it doesn't matter. If you can get past the condemnation in your head, you can walk above. Now, okay, let me just stop here. What kind of church or what kind of group or what kind of individual, what could that person do if this was operating? Whereas what they said, they believed they received. Now, we look at Smith Wigglesworth and we say, that dude was powerful. I want to be like him. Most people do not because he was a, he was a jagged little pill. He wouldn't let you bring a newspaper into his house. He, he, and, and if you were talking to him, every 15 minutes he would stop you and say, it's time to praise the Lord. And he would lift his hands and he would start no telling how long it would last. And then if you were still there when he got through, he said, okay, we can go forward. Do you have to do that to have everything? Well, he was a demonstration. But there's more of that to be done if you want more of that to be done. It's not going to just happen in our present state. You're going to have to say, giddy up. I, I want more. So, besides, don't we hate condemnation? Yes. Don't we hate guilt? Yes. Don't we despise shame, yes. embarrassment, regret? I hate it. I hate regret. I hate it because it just puts everything on hold. When you are in condemnation or shame or regret, when you're guilty... It's such a yucky feeling. Yes. It's so limiting. And then you have to sort of put it in, Ameri uh, in uh, human terms that he'll forget it. And I can go back to him in four to six days. And he, he, he was like, okay, I've cooled off. 
Now, what was that that you brought to me last week when you were so mucked up, messed up? It's like, just a minute, Lord. You take three minutes and you confess it out, get it right, come back in line, and in three minutes you're back saying, as I was saying, I believe I receive. You go, no, that, it's got to take time. We don't have time. Let me just tell you, you don't have time. You don't have, if you're going to run your race and finish your course, you don't have the time that your parents or your grandparents had. They all got to go the full span of their life. And maybe we will. Maybe you, maybe the rapture, maybe, maybe it's not like it seems. But if you just said, I think it is coming. I believe it is on the horizon. Why not just giddy up and do it? And then if you were wrong, just live a prosperous, victorious, above guilt life. I was like, oh, if I'd have known it's going to last that long, I'd have lived like a slug. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's a season for this church. There's a season for people tuned in. There's a season. The Lord is ready. It's not based on what we're doing or on his whims. It's based on the kingdom having moeds set times where things are already like the rapture of the church, whenever that is. That's not negotiable. That's not like the Lord saying, well, you know, when, when gold gets to $2,500 or whatever, I'm going to trip this thing. It's not negotiable. It's already set in the mind of God. And you go, well, why is that? Well, he knew what would happen up to it. He already knows the time frame. And so he, he, he knew when it would be right, and he said it. But everything this side of that is going to be affected. And even Timothy said, in the end days, perilous times will come. Well, that tells you that it's not the same every generation and every season. It's not the same because he said, in this season, it will be different. You go, well, so things may get different for us. Maybe it's our children. Maybe we're going to rest with our fathers and, and uh, come out of our graves like that. Or maybe it's us, that we are the exception generation, the generation that never dies. Never tastes death. Somebody's going to be there. I, I want to go up in the rapture. That's kind of how I am. I, twofold, I want to live that long, however long that is. I don't want to check out early. And I want to be able to tell all the people that are already gone. Nan, Nanny, Nunu, I got up in the rapture. <laughs> now, they're going to say, well, we got new glorified bodies coming out of our grave. I said, yeah, but you went in the grave. I never went in the grave. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding about that. But not really. I mean, Really? Don't you want to make your life count? I want to make, it's like life is just so not worth messing up for. It's just like, oh, we're, we're sinning and having this life because it is so rich and so fulfilling and so good. And it's like, no, it's not. It's the pits. Nobody, nobody's saying life is so good unless they just came out of a bad life. But you and I, life is good. My life is good. He said in John 16, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Be of good cheer. So I, I, I'm, I'm happy. I'm of good cheer. 
Praise God. So I bless you in the name of Jesus, the name that's above every name, the name that's been given that blessings flow from, of whom you are joint heirs with, the name of Jesus. I bless you that you have a prosperous and expedient week. Things happen for you at a different clip and a different rate than those that are not. That you have an advantage, that you're there first and you last longer. That the good stuff is saved for you and that you have a plan. That the Holy Ghost is pouring out into you the resources to fulfill. And just because some people miss their call, we don't stumble at them and miss ours. They messed up theirs, but we won't mess up ours. We're paying no attention to the world and how they cheapen our gospel and cheapen our life. It's holy, it's precious, it's without value, it's so powerful. And so we live that. So in the name of Jesus, I bless you, River Church and Broadcast. I bless you to be blessed, to be a blessing. Have a supernatural life every day of your life in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, God bless you.